On today's Locked on Jayhawks, it's game day for KU football. We're previewing KU Missouri State matchups of the game, which Jayhawks could stick out in this one with Locked on Jayhawks. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. We're previewing KU Missouri State today. Matchups of the game. Uh, we're going to do a new segment before games called Jayhawks to Soar, which which Jayhawks will stick out on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in this one. First, though, this episode of the show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. That's with Game Time. So KU Missouri State, the overview of this game, I'm recording this on Thursday. The line is still not out. I'm just going to roll with the ESPN SP Plus stuff, which has it as a 39 to 19 game. So about a 19, 20 point line. I think the line's going to end up being a little bit more than that, maybe to the mid 20s. Um, I would be comfortable taking it in the low to mid 20s area, possibly. Uh, once you get to the high 20s, that's where I would be a little uh, scared off a little bit. This is the third meeting all time between these two schools. KU won in 2002. That was a 44 to 24 win for Kansas, and then 24 to 10 in 2001. So they're two and zero, but both those games are a little bit closer than you'd like to see. Obviously, the 01 and 02 Kansas teams weren't, you know, great Kansas teams by any means. Uh, but the lots of storylines coming into this game. Obviously, it's the season opener. That's going to be a storyline in itself. Um, I'm sure we'll hear plenty during the broadcast about the new stadium and the new facility upgrades for KU football. Uh, but tons of returning production for KU football against not a lot of returning production for Missouri State in comparison, I think is a, a big storyline to me. It's not just the Kansas playing an FCS opponent. It's that you have so much more back than they do to where you should be able to win this game going away. I don't expect it to be a blowout the same way it was the Tennessee Tech game where you're up whatever it was, 31, or, or you were covering the spread at halftime in, in that game against Tennessee Tech. I don't expect that to happen. Um, but I do expect you to be able to get your backups in there in the fourth quarter and this to be a game that you can end up winning by, yeah, high 20s points, somewhere in that range, even if it's not like the 40-point range like a season ago. But Missouri State brings back eight starters. KU brings back more starters than that on offense alone. They bring back 10 starters offensively. Then you bring back seven starters Again, I've always said if you want to count Jeremy Robinson as a starter, I'm fine with it. It's like 17 and a half, 18 starters back at that point. Also, Kansas is returning your head coach. Missouri State's not doing that, albeit they do have a lot of familiarity with the coaches who are in the system. Kansas is returning every single coach, in addition to all those starters where you're returning double the amount of starters. And on top of it, you view it, you know, if, you, if you're if you Missouri State and you had a kid who was a second-string player from Kansas transfer down to you, that would be viewed as like, oh, this guy could be a big-time player for us. So you should be able to out-talent them. You have the returning production back. You have the experience back. You have the coaching staff in your favor. That's a big storyline to me, and it's one that favors Kansas. Uh, Jalen Daniels coming off his camp injury. That's obviously a huge storyline coming into this game, one that the coaching staff has kind of tried to divert and push forward or, or not really recognize, but one that is obviously a big storyline. He is the Big 12 
conference offensive player of the year in the preseason and he's been dealing with some sort of back tightness or injury that has kept him out of some practices not all practices over the course of fall camp so what is his readiness going to be is he going to be able to play at a full 100 level where he can take hits is he going to be at a point where he's a little rusty and he has to shake some of the rust off because he hasn't been practicing as much is he going to be fully good and ready to go is that going to be something that flares up on friday and you know, is something that the causes need for concern and you have to go with more of Jason Bean. I, I don't have the answers to this. I tend to lean toward the idea that I think he's going to be fine and I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think Jalen Daniels is going to be just fine and you're not really going to notice it on Friday night. But it is something that became a big storyline over fall camp and is definitely something to monitor coming into this game. Uh, the other big storyline into this one is it's our first look at the defense in 2023. And that's a big question you just have about this team as the season goes on. Can the defense be much better overall? And can it be better against the run? You're not going to answer all of those questions in this one game against an FCS opponent. If you do poorly against them, it probably answers more questions than the alternative, which if you do well against them, it's going to be like, okay, that was good, but now do it against other opponents. Do it against Illinois with a Brett Bielema offense. Do it against a fiscal BYU offense. Um, it's going to become more of a you know worry if you don't do well in this area, but you want to have that good first impression um, in a game like this, especially against a Missouri State offense that does have a good running back. So can the defense do better? Can you have that good first impression in a game like this? Uh, fan support, I think, is a, a, a good storyline here. Is it an all-time high? Are we going to get a sellout for this game? Is it going to be sellout adjacent? Um, how many people are going to show up? Obviously, being a Friday night at 7 o'clock probably isn't the best for the fan support thing, right? You're going to have certain people who maybe in the area, maybe their kids on one of the high school football teams and they, they're going to go. Um, I know free state played on, on Thursday, but Lawrence high is playing Friday. They're going to go to their kids game over going to the, you know, KU game. That's going to be a smaller subsect of people necessarily, but uh, maybe their you know kid is on one of the other high school team, right? It could be an Olathe school or something like that, where they're going to go to that game. So that could mitigate just a tiny bit. Also the game being at seven o'clock, you know, what happens if you work till six o'clock and now you're driving, you work at Kansas city, you, you know, you might not make it to the game in time when you factor in some of the, the you know traffic you're gonna have to go with right how how could that affect the game being on friday night maybe a little bit differently than saturday i still expect a good crowd i still expect good crowd support and uh fan engagement from KU in this game but yeah it seems to be at an all-time high so let's see the the effect of that and the positive reverberations for the KU football team and then the other big storyline this is not really a KU one but it is of interest because they're playing Missouri State it's the big Missouri State one they have a new head coach Ryan Beard is their new head coach he was the former defensive coordinator at Missouri State last season Bobby Petrino goes takes the UNLV offensive coordinator job then like a week later takes the Texas A&M offensive coordinator job and so Ryan Beard the defensive coordinator assumes the position as head coach for the Bears you would imagine there's going to be a lot of continuity there. Bobby Trino's kid is the offensive coordinator. So there's probably going to be a lot that's similar, but still some differences. You have a different voice leading you, you know, maybe a few different fundamental things that the, he wants to change up. What is that going to look like for Missouri State in this first game? And does that make it more difficult to prepare for KU? Because you kind of have a little bit of an unknown with who you're going to be going against in this game. Now, as far as what Missouri State does well, uh, this is a team that I think the defense should be pretty solid. They almost beat Arkansas a season ago. So you have to be very careful here with a game like this. Um, Arkansas, obviously, you, you saw how talented of a team that was in the Liberty Bowl. But um, you look at Pro Football Focus, 
yes, a lot of this outside of the Arkansas game was against FCS competition. So, you know, rated on a scale, the numbers might go down a little bit, but still they had an 82 tackling grade last season. Very good tackling team. They were 83 graded in run defense. Very good against run defense. 70 pass rush, which is solid. 72 in coverage against solid, not as good as the run defense numbers. This is a good defense for Missouri State. Even though they don't have a ton back, they do have players at all three levels. They've got a a potential star defense alignment, potential star linebacker, and a potential star safety on the defense. So uh, look out for the defense. That that should make it interesting for the KU offense. Um, Where Missouri State has questions, though, they went five and six last year. So this is still a team with a losing record who lost their head coach, who lost their quarterback. They returned just eight starters overall. Less than KU has just on offense. Um, the the battle for the quarterback, they might be playing multiple guys. One of the guys who was in the battle transferred away like a couple weeks ago during fall camp. The guy who was maybe expected to be receiver one, like transferred away or left the team in, in the middle of fall camp. So they have some questions on offense. They do seem to be uh, better suited to be a running attack than the passing attack. Sounds like there's some questions about the offensive line, though, too, but they've got a very talented running back who's a former transfer from Kansas State. But they have some other transfers. I know one of the quarterbacks who could be playing, he's a transfer down from Minnesota who you know was the backup last year, and he played three years at Minnesota. So they do have some talent throughout the roster and have uh, double-digit guys coming from the FBS level. All right, we're going to get on to our matchups of the game, which Jayhawks stand out that could soar in this matchup. First, though, this episode of the show is brought to you by Game Time. Sometimes ticket buying can be a pain in the butt. You have to go through the stressful situation, whether you're buying tickets the day of or you're trying to buy them in advance. And uh, I don't know, you, you don't feel great about the price that you're going to get or you don't feel great because you don't really know exactly what the seats are going to look like. Or maybe it's the day of and, and you're just kind of scrambling to get tickets. Game time is going to take that hassle away. Buying tickets to games and sporting events, concerts, comedy events. It shouldn't be stressful because at the end of the day, you're trying to have fun at this event. So you should be having fun with getting these deals with killer deals on last minute tickets and best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the ticket buying process and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have with game time. I use game time all the time. I am one of those people who's like, let's wait on the tickets. Let's wait on the tickets. And so game time is perfect because I'm of the opinion the ticket prices are going to go down. I saw you can get tickets on game time for the KU game at like 20 bucks right now. So that's perfect. They have flash deals, last minute tickets. They have easy to find and available tickets in your area. Uh, Images of the seat view. So you can see where you're going to be sitting and and what that view is going to be like. Buy tickets in just a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. The tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through the email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Like I said, there's KU tickets going for like twenty dollars against Missouri State. So you use this code. Terms apply. Again, create an account, Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, on to the uh, matchups of the game. We'll start with first down. First down, uh, the KU defensive line against the Missouri State offensive line. This is a a matchup where if you're struggling against the Missouri State offensive line, this is an FCS opponent, it probably doesn't speak well for how you're going to do in future games. That was something they did well last year against Tennessee Tech. They dominated on the line of scrimmage. And obviously that didn't lead to them dominating on the line of scrimmage against like Oklahoma or Baylor or some of these schools. But it meant that you were at least somewhere above the FCS level where you haven't always necessarily been in the past. There have been FCS, like I go back to the South Dakota game in 2021. You got kind of beat up on the offensive and defensive line by them. Like they out tackle for lost you and and some of those numbers. So just don't get washed out of this game. Dominate a game like this on the uh, defensive line against their offensive line. 
um, especially because Missouri State, the offensive line is seen as kind of being in flux. It's it's something where they they might still be trying to figure out like who's going to be starting certain spots, who's going to fit in where. There are some questions there. And you look at the pro football focus numbers from last year for the Missouri State offensive line. They had just a 41 pass blocking grade, 41 pass blocking grade last year, and just a 51 run blocking grade a season ago. Now, we have some questions about the KU defensive line. They've got lots of newcomers in there. Will you have any breakouts from guys returning like Jeremy Robinson or guys playing bigger roles like Tommy Dunn and DJ Withers? How are Devin Phillips, Austin Booker, uh, some of these guys going to do in making their first impression? Make that strong first impression. Dominate this game. They have a weakness there. Even if this is a question for KU, you'll want to see them be more talented and just kind of unearth things and make things difficult for Missouri State to get going from the line of scrimmage perspective. And that would help make you feel a little bit better about uh, a position and a unit for KU that maybe you do have a little bit more questions about. Second down, Jacardia Wright against the KU linebackers. Jacardia Wright is the Missouri State starting running back. He earned uh, Missouri Valley Conference all-newcomer team in his first season last year. He was sixth in the Mo Valley in rushing yards per game. He was sixth in rushing touchdowns. Uh, nine of them, he was eighth in yards per carry, four and a half per carry. He's a former transfer from Kansas State, which I guess that adds to uh, some of the intrigue here too. And this isn't just right. Like as a team, Missouri State had a 90.2 run grade last season. That was one of the best in the FCS and the country. This is a team that has really talented runners of the football and can make you miss, which means the KU linebackers have to be on a good game here, especially early in the season, right? It can be tough to, to immediately be good at tackling to start out the season because maybe you weren't doing full tackling drills during fall camp. You didn't want to get guys injured. So uh, being able to quickly get acclimated with the game and wrap up, bring guys to the ground. KU obviously has their three starting linebackers back. Taiwan Berryhill starting. You add J.B. Brown. This is a unit overall you want to see play much better than a season ago anyway. This is actually kind of a good first test for you against Missouri State. Third down, the KU offense on third downs versus the Missouri State defense on third downs. Kansas was the best team in the Big 12 last season in third down conversion percentage. Missouri State, meanwhile, they held opponents to just 36.6% on third downs last season. That was one of the top 30 marks in the FCS a season ago. So they were a good third down defense. Obviously, Beard, their head coach, is the former defense coordinator. He's going to want to keep that thing together. You got to keep drives going. Ideally, in a game like this, you're not going to face too many third downs. You're going to have enough success on first and second down and big plays that you're not going to need overly many of these. But this is your first live action to work on those third down plays, those third and medium, third and longs, the the, the times that you're going to have them. Uh, this obviously involves Jalen Daniels. He's got to make big plays. He did last year. You trust him to do those things, but that'll be a fun chess match in this game. And our fourth down matchup here is special teams versus special teams. Just special teams in general. Uh, this is just a unit overall. You want to see play better for KU. Grant Burkett is the punter for Missouri State. He is the FCS active all-time leader in yards per punt at 44.4. He also owns the individual school season record for Missouri State with like 46 yards per punt. He's a really good punter. That gives them one good facet of the special teams game. I don't know how they'll do in the other areas, but you know, typically if you're an FCS team that wants to pull an upset on, a, on an FBS team, Special teams can can create those problems early in the season. You have a kick return that that shocks them maybe, or you know you, you block a field goal, right? Like a lot of times special teams gaffes by one team or special teams strong plays by the FCS team can really help swing one of those upset type games. Meanwhile, for Kansas, 
the the special teams was not good enough last year. You actually did well in the Tennessee Tech game on special teams. You had the uh, blocked field goal return for a touchdown against Tennessee Tech. You, you hit a field goal. But overall on the season, it was not good enough. And you have overhauled this unit, whether it's with guys like Sean Snyder or analysts coming in and uh, trying to impact things from a schematic perspective and just from a what you're trying to do, or whether it's the individual players, adding Damon Greaves with Australian type of punting, adding Seth Keller, Charlie Weinrich to the kicking game, improvements from Owen Pieper Gertis at the kicking game. This is an area where KU needs to be better this year. Do it in this game. Be mistake-free and you know make the plays that you're asked to do. You don't necessarily have to have a kick return touchdown in this game or have a 60-yard punt return. But just make the right plays. Don't mess anything up. That's half the battle of special teams. If KU is just a mistake-free special teams team this year that doesn't really do anything super positively, that would still be a huge improvement from where they were last year, right? Now, if you can do anything positive, it's the cherry on top. Watch out for Kenny Logan to have a long kick return. Watch out for Trevor Wilson to have some big success in the return game and punt return and kick return. Biggest thing for him is going to be catching the punts. I know that was something he struggled with a few years ago, but maybe he solidified that. I'm interested to see what it looks like here in this game. All right, we're going to finish up with uh, Locked on Jayhawks. Which Jayhawks will soar on the offense, defense side of the ball? And final prediction for the game between the Jayhawks and the Bears. Finishing things up with Locked On Jayhawks. What Jayhawks will soar? This is going to be a new segment we're going to do in our game previews before every game. We're going to pick somebody on offense, somebody on defense that we think could really stand out in this game. Offensively, I'm going to go with Quentin Skinner. Um, you know, I, I could go with the obvious Jalen Daniels. I could go with Devin Neal, who had four carries for 108 in the FCS game last year. Um, I could go with the offensive line, but I don't know. I'm trying to pick like an individual player. Uh, Quentin Skinner to me sticks out. He had a, a long, it was like a deep post grab against Tennessee Tech last year. That was kind of his uh, coming out moment as one of the starting receivers. And th there seems to be a good connection there between Jalen Daniels and him working through fall camp with Quentin Skinner. He's the type of player too, that he's going to be a lot bigger and a lot faster than, than a lot of players that are going to be on the Missouri State side of the field. So for Quentin Skinner, it might only be one or two catches in a game like this but he could have one of those catches that is a 40, 50, 60 yard, a touchdown reception. That is a big type of play and really opens things up and stretches out the defense and makes you push back. The Missouri state, I think wants to be aggressive on the defensive end of the ball. He can get by that. Now uh, we heard that Missouri state, you know, they'll, they'll run a decent amount of cover two. And uh, one way to beat cover two is if you have a bunch of guys kind of go deep and, and you flood certain areas, maybe Quentin Skinner can take advantage of that and be a guy who has a big game in this one specifically. On the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go with Devin Phillips. I, I almost went Jeremy Robinson, almost went one of the linebackers going back to that matchup. But I'm going to go with Devin Phillips here. I want to see what the newcomer can do from Colorado State. And I think he can have a good game here. You look at the Missouri. State offensive line really struggling. And even though with Devin Phillips, anytime you bring a transfer up from, you know, the Mountain West or a non-Power 5 league, the question is, well, how is he going to do against Power 5 opponents? You don't have to worry about that in this game, right? Colorado State was still playing a tougher schedule than, you know, playing FCS teams every week. Uh, and so with Devin Phillips, you look at this and, and go dominate this game. Be a, a man in the middle that shuts down the running game. Go get a sack. Go have some pass rush. I know he set a personal goal. He wants to have eight sacks this year. Um, Go, go out and do it in a game like this. Be dominant on the line of scrimmage against a Missouri State offensive line that has some questions and show your dominance. You might be the best defensive lineman on KU. Show it out in a game like this. Uh, final prediction for this game. I'm going to go with KU to score 41 points. 
Um, I'm going to say they, they get a couple field goals in there. And uh, I'm going to pick Missouri State to get uh, 17 points. So 41 to 17 will be my final prediction. So uh, I, I haven't seen a spread yet, but do with that what you will whenever the spread does come out. And uh, looking forward to the first football game of the season. We're here. We're here. Let's kick it off. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. Like and subscribe to the show on our YouTube page or anywhere you get your podcasts. You're not going to want to miss. We'll have our game recap on uh, Sunday or Monday coming up in a few days here and plenty more KU football, KU basketball content throughout the year. We made it back to a, another academic uh, school year, athletic school year, whatever you want to call it. So make sure you're checking out everything with Locked on Jayhawks.